BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 225. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? I don't like this time of year. I think that's been well established as canon with my... I just... Christmas is a great holiday for family and, and having dinner and stuff. Love the gravy. Love seeing family. But outside of that, it's a garbage holiday. Oh boy! Here Can't goes. stand the, the gift giving is what gets me the most. The gift giving part and the politics behind it is so. Who do you give a gift and who don't you give a gift and what does it mean if you don't? Blah blah bloody blah, blah. And then there's people who just like walk into the door and be like, "Hey, get me a gift, please." So the, the context behind that is my neighbor basically said like. Uh, I open my dumb mouth. It's kind of my fault, so I shouldn't be throwing the neighbor under the bus necessarily. It's kind of my fault. Um, opening my mouth to be like, hey, what would you like? They asked me what my kids would like for Christmas, and I was like, I don't know, whatever. They're kids. They'll take whatever. And then I said, what would you like? And the second I said it, I was like, Mitch, in French, of course, because it's all in French up in here, going like, what are you doing? Qu'est-ce femme au cave? Up in my head going like, why did I open that door? But then she shuts it, says, like, you know what? I'm good. I have everything I need. Beautiful. Thank you. What man. a beautiful person. Amazing. The next day, we're out shoveling snow because it's Canada. Be like, you know what? I wouldn't mind, uh, wouldn't mind a little something. Oh. And I was like, are you kidding me? You closed the door and opened it back up. You can't close the door. Oh, you, you what? I'm freaking out in my head going, like, now I got to get this person a gift that I didn't really want to in the first place. Great person. Awesome neighbor. Love them to bits. But I hate giving gifts. And now I have to go and get one. I know. Oh! See, her issue was transaction was closed once she said, I'm good. <laughs> Now the door, you can't reopen this door, Mitch. I, and obviously, I mean, you're not going to put your foot down on it, but it's, uh, I, I feel you. That's a rough one, my friend. I don't know. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I have, I'm, you know, I'm very close with a couple of my cousins, um, but they're a little bit older than me. I'm 
getting up there too. I'm 26. I'm washed up now. Uh, so old. But they're like in their early 30s, and like growing up, we always exchange gifts. But like now, one of them has a kid, and like obviously, I'm gonna get like the kid something. But like now, do I have to get him something, mm. and then his wife something too? So it's just like. It's a lot. I, I get it. So not exactly the same, but I am going through that same like, huh, I don't know if I should get this. And I'm probably I'm I'm too nice. So I'm going to buy for everyone. And then just my bank account is going to be like not thanking me come January. Yeah, dude, that's the problem. You got to get into like a, a pick the name out of a hat situation. Yeah. Right. Like everyone takes one name, sets a budget at like, let's say two hundred dollars. I don't know what your budget is. Two hundred dollars for the one person. Instead of spending like $500 on everyone. And now everyone gets a $200 gift instead of like a bunch of $50 gifts. So like everyone wins and your bank account certainly wins. You just saved $300. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to know. I'm not going to look at my statement in December. I'm going to close my eyes, <laughs> hit pay on the credit card, and that's it. <laughs> Beauty. Um, so should we talk about these Islanders a, a wee bit? Yeah. Um, I kind of on the post game, if you're not a patron, which you should be, I, uh, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We do post game shows after every single game. And for 11 straight, we were very upset for good reason, <laughs> because they were losing and most of the times losing very badly. But before we get to this win, even there was three overtime losses in a row, one of them in a shootout. So they're getting points. So now I'm in the mental spot where I'm like, the the losing streak is in the past. I'm all in on this four-game point streak. That's what I'm in on right now. I love your tweet going like, this sport is bananas when you have an 11-game losing streak and immediately turn that into a four-game point streak. Yeah. No, it is. Like, could you imagine? Like, so imagine someone not following hockey. Be like, hold on. Having a four-game point streak, that sounds like a good thing. But you're telling me your team just lost 11 straight games. Please explain this. to Like, that is just so wild. I can't even wrap my head around it. That includes three quarters of the points. It's it's wild. And you're right. I, I'm all in, right? I, I Well, I want to be all in sure. because I kind of have to be, right? This season wasn't supposed to be where we are right now. And... A lot of us are facing existential, you know, qualms about where this team is going to be come the end of the year. Are they going to be a playoff team or are they not? And most of us have made up our mind. And whoever has isn't necessarily wrong. No one can say like, no, there's no way they're going to be a playoff team. The numbers don't look good, right? Like you can justify it to say like, well, if X, Y, and Z happen, they certainly can. And all of that remains true. But as it stands now, it doesn't look good. So anyone who says they're out, I'm not willing to say that, but I don't fault you for saying that any of your, like, if you're there. But we have to cling to the positive because yeah. there's still, like, another, what, 61 games to go? Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I, I understand it. I don't agree with it. I think it's still way too early in the year. And I know, look, look, 11-game losing streak, that's brutal. They dug themselves a massive hole. But this sport's weird. Weird stuff happens yeah. all the time, and we know, because we've talked about it now for the last three years, unlike some of the other sports where you, like, I don't know, need to be one of these, like, one to three teams that have a chance of winning, like, all you have to do in the NHL is get in. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the one seed, if you're the three, a wild card, whatever. If you're in... That's all that matters. So who knows? I mean, there's teams in front of them right now, obviously, but like Philadelphia just made a coaching change. Do we think they're going to bounce back or do you think we're going to go in the tubes in the second half? 
I got my money on the tubes. But like, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a li- there's a bunch of uh, Jake Gensel got hurt. No, from Pittsburgh. Yep. Maybe yep. their season goes like. There's a lot of variables into play here, and I get it. Like you said. If you're there and saying, like, look, I just don't think this team is good enough. They dug themselves too deep all over the hole. Like, I hear you. I empathize with you, but I don't agree with you. I'm not there yet. Uh, still have a lot of work to do, to be done, but it's nice to get back in the win column. It does. And let's focus on some of those what they need to do going forward. And I just want to bring up one stat, like, to kind of reemphasize what we're talking about here when it comes to they can still make it. Like everyone tosses out the 75% of teams who aren't in a playoff position, or sorry, how do I say this again? Oh, 75% of teams who aren't in a playoff position don't get into the playoffs. Um, sorry, my goodness, that's so clumsy coming out of my mouth. The Thanksgiving thing, 70, right? Yes, the Thanksgiving thing. Thank you. Let's just, everyone understands what I'm talking about. But with if the line is 75% of the teams don't make it in, that's still 25% who do. That's pretty damn good. Right. And also, we I mean, we've said this a, a bunch every week as we were trying to, you know, talk our way through this losing streak. Uh, the season started later this year, number one, and yep. they had a backlog of home games because of their how many game? 13 game. 13. Yeah, 13 game road trip to start the year. So we know this team plays better at home. We know that they are a very streaky team. And like, yeah, obviously it's a, a little facetious right now talking about the four-game point streak when they looked as bad as they did for the last 11, but we've seen this team go on 12-plus game point streaks. Like, it, it, it's possible, and that's all you need sometimes. You get lucky, and the Islanders have gotten lucky. The breaks have you know come their way a lot over the last three years, and maybe it happens again. That's right. And and now they're they're not getting those breaks. I, I wouldn't say like yesterday's win was lucky, but they got the first one, right? They've got one win in the books. It's still not great because we went into this four game stretch, the fourth game being the Ottawa game, saying they needed to take three wins out of four. They got one. Sure enough, they did get five points out of a possible eight. So that's still pretty damn good. Um, but it's it's not enough. Obviously, more needs to happen. But you've got that first win under your belt. And they played pretty well outside of a few shaky moments, specifically near the end. If you want to hear our takes on that game, like Matt said, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you post-game podcasts after every single Islanders game. And we break it down from start to finish. All kinds of stuff. Get there. It's a half-hour podcast after every show. But on, on that game, winning it was key, obviously, for what are clearly easy reasons to say, but now that they've got the win, you can you can have the proverbial monkey off your back, right? Like Andersley after he scored that goal, right? <sighs> okay, we've got it. We can move forward now. Yeah, it was like a relief almost. You know, it wasn't like, yes, I'm amped, let's go. It was, thank God I scored right there. And there's a lot of players who could say that. And players who haven't gotten in the back of the net for a while. We, I mean, you could run right down the line of guys who are struggling. Parise, Palmieri, Bovillier recently has been having a real rough go of it. Like, you'd imagine that eventually they'd have to turn it around. I, I just don't buy that Zach Parise is just not going to score a goal this year. I, 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 w- yeah. I won't believe it. Even Andrew Ladd. Remember that Andrew Ladd season where he came in and the, the first year, wasn't it? And like 20 games into the season, he had... I think he scored on game 21. I'm pretty sure it was game 21 where he scored his first goal of the season. I'm going to bring it up now because I have to I have to remember that exactly. Um, you know what I'm talking about? That 23 goal a year? 
Yeah, I don't remember if it was 21. Uh, 12 is sticking out to me. I don't, maybe it was his first point was in 12. I don't know. We'll figure it out momentarily. I'm just trying to vamp for you as you're... Yeah, 2016-17. I can see the hyperlink there. His first goal came in game number um, 13. Sorry, it was game number 13 where he scored his first goal. So we're well past that for Zach Parise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you raise a good point with Parise, Palmieri, Bo... Um, even Peugeot to a certain extent, they, they hadn't scored much. And, and now at least Peugeot is starting to score. But that was one of the things through this winning or losing streak, sorry, that that or contributed to that losing streak where you have Matthew Barzell was asked to do everything and he can't do everything when he's down or not producing. The other guys have to perform. That's how this team is supposed to work. It's death by a million cuts, right? We don't have a 40 goal scorer necessarily, but we've got four 20 goal scorers. So one of them is going to pop up at a certain point, except they all weren't at the same damn time. And so when Matthew Barzell is out, they need these guys to do something. Them not doing anything that's death. Right. And it, of course, it doesn't help that you are without Brock Nelson, who's been one of their better players over the last few years as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were we were on Barzell and I think for, you know, good reason last week before he started to put up some points over the last four games, he's played really well. But this and you wrote this today, too, if I'm not mistaken, with the offense very much and something that I like to say all the time too. the offense goes as Matt Barzell goes. That's not like. I don't know, a, a unique thought or anything like that. It's the it's the truth. But um, it, it would be better if some of the guys were able to compliment. Like, as you said, Perez was really struggling. He wasn't able to. Brock was on the shelf. That's another one. Uh, Bailey and Lee were out with COVID. So, like, there was, there was a lot going on. And I really think Anders Lee's return is going to play a, a big role in the offense turning it around because they didn't have a net front presence guy. They tried to do it with like Parise who that's not really his game. Um, and there, there are other guys who they, they tried it with, but it's just, it's not the same. Even if he doesn't score a goal, just the threat of him there drawing attention is a big deal. He's just bigger, stronger. Uh, it just, this, this is the game he, he plays. Uh, no offense to Zach Parise, who I think is big and I'm sure he's quite strong. Um, it's it's not Anders Lee. Look, just look at his thighs. No one has thighs like him. Just Saquon Barkley. That's it. It's the only person. This, the Hulk, Saquon Barkley, Anders Lee. The only people you can call Thunder Thighs. That's it. And I think uh, Anders got all three of them beat. <laughs> right? So, like, he's an immovable object in front of that. And, th and that matters. It, it really does. And when you don't have anyone who can even remotely mimic that, that, that changes a lot for this team because that's how some of their offense is built. It's built upon that ideal and having that guy there. And when he's not, things start to break down. And then you don't have those guys do anything. In the eight-game losing streak the Islanders had, Matthew Barzell had three points. The Islanders scored seven goals. So that means on most of those goals that they scored, Matthew Barzell had a hand in them. Almost half. Yeah, just about. That's... That's great for him, I suppose, but not great for a team who isn't reliant on one guy being a point-per-game-plus player this year, right? Like, sure, when you look at Alex Ovechkin, he's responsible for over 50% of the Washington Capitals' goals. Cool. It, it, either scoring them or, or providing an assist. That's not Matthew Barzal. The Islanders need more to do more, and they're not getting it, and that's why they're losing. And we saw 
on uh, just yesterday, on Wednesday, or sorry, Tuesday, I keep thinking we're Thursday for some reason, we saw that depth kind of pull out with goals from Peugeot, Wallstrom, and Bellows. Yeah, you need that. And that's when, when the Islanders are at their best. I mean, they're getting goals from all over the place. So, uh, obviously, you know, for this next stretch of games here, they're going to they're gonna need some more of that. They they can't survive with, you know, what they were doing before. Like, 2-3-1-0-1-0-2-1-1-0-2-2. Like, that, that's a really bad Sounds stretch. Sounds like binary. Yeah, right. It's a really bad stretch. But... My hope is that this is the beginning of them figuring it out a little bit offensively. And and they've got a tough next four games, right? Nashville, Detroit, sorry, Nashville, Devils, Detroit, Boston are the next four. Three of those at home, that's good. Uh, But Nashville is a good team, if I remember correctly. The Devils just won today, and they, they are not good necessarily, but they can cause some problems. They already have. Detroit. They're better than than they should be, but they're still good. And then Boston, well, it's Boston, right? Exactly. And Nashville, I think, is in third place in the, in their division, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, the Islanders have had issues against Nashville. They've had issues against Boston. Detroit's better, and New Jersey. They're just, I feel like they're just pesky. Like they're not quite ready to be a playoff team, but they're not like a bottom feeder. They're just, you know, they're a pesky team that could ruin your season if you let them. Yeah, their their talent is good enough to win a game. Uh, in and of itself, if if you don't show up, they're going to kill you. Yep. Well, uh, and so, like, you can't have that happen. I'm not going to say they should get three wins out of this, but three wins would certainly, if they can leave these games 500, I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be phenomenal if they could. Right. As long as they can get four points from these four games, I'll take it. That that's a step in the right direction because right now the Islanders are not 500. No, they just need to continue to dig. It's going to be a slow crawl. You're not going to you know, turn this thing around overnight, but start stacking some wins, start stacking some points, and you're starting to get in a little bit of a better situation. As you said, you need some things to break right, too. We talked about the Flyers and Penguins a little bit. Uh, The Rangers lost uh, tonight, so they're going to need some teams in front of them to start losing some games, too. (laughs) Philly 0-8-2 in their last 10. Right, like... Been there. (laughs) I know, know. yes, literally been there, done that, but that that stuff's going to happen, like... Remember a couple of years ago when Boston started so hot and it's like, oh my God, this team's going to be a lock to be the, in the playoffs. They had a 10 game win streak and then just off a cliff, like stuff like that happens, yes. man. <laughs> Sounds like Buffalo every year. <laughs> it does. But like, and I know there's not really a Buffalo in this division, but I don't know. It's the NHL. Weird stuff happens. And it kind of goes back to my original point of it's not even Christmas yet. I can't even wrap my head around canceling the season saying that's it. It's over. No, I, 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 again, don't blame anyone who has, who has, but like, I would just hate having to get up for the next 61 games going like, well, this is a L and like, you know, just going into it, knowing it, not knowing, but one, not wanting it either. That makes him feel bad. Um, just essentially feeling it's not, there's no value. And if you, we win, damn it. I was looking forward to the tank. Right. So uh, it's a lot of 61 games of weird feelings. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not quite there yet. Maybe we reevaluate in January and see where we're at. But I mean, the rest of this month, like the Islanders are going to be busy. They have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more games in the month of December. So finish, finish December strong. And who knows? You go into 2022 and, you know, maybe chip away at that, uh, at that division. 
That would be nice. Yeah, just again, Philly free falling. Other teams are starting to go. So let let's see if we can you know make up some ground here. Now, can we transition and talk about one player in particular who's been playing a little bit better and uh, scoring some goals here too, which is a good thing. Yes, let's do that. Who's that player you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, it is <laughs> drum roll, Not that please. I don't know it. <laughs> uh, Oliver Wallstrom, who has three goals in his last three games and four points in his last three games, now up to eight on the season. Mitch, I don't know if you're a pace guy, but if you want to do a little eight divided by 21 times 82, that puts him on a pace of 31 goals, which I don't know about you. I like 30 goal scorers. Matt, I'm 99% analytics, so like, yeah, this is right up my alley. Um, I'll take that. We we didn't say that he was going to score 30, right? No. no, no one said that he was going to, but everyone wanted to see if he can do that, and he's already on pace for that. And, and consider, like, he's got what? How many games here? Just highlighting it. He's got come on 10 games where he doesn't score a point. Yeah, right between uh, November, essentially the entire month of November, he doesn't score. Right, November 6th to December 2nd, he scores zero points. Has a total of 21 shots on net, average 13 minutes and a half of ice time, nothing for it. And he's still on pace for 30 goals. Yeah, it's impressive. And right now, I mean, he only has one assist. Like, he has nine points in a year <laughs> and weird. eight goals, which is very bizarre. Um, and maybe it's going to be like a little bit of like Bo early in his career where all of his points were goals. He had like, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was something like 23 goals and like, 10 assists or something like wild like that, um, which we we very might well might see that this year. But it's not like which we could eventually get into in this topic here. It's not like he's playing on the top line and he is, you know, going to be relied on to put up buckets of points. His his role right now is depth scoring, which if you have a guy who gives you, I don't know, let's, let's not even say 30. Let's say 24 goals or 25 goals in a year on a third line, you absolutely take that. You're right. Like the minutes are going up in, in on average oh, year over year, I should say, not like game over game, but he's averaging 13 and a quarter uh, a game. He was doing just under 12 and a half last year and the year before that, 10 minutes on average, right? So like that's not a lot of ice time, but it's trending up and the results are coming in. He had 12 goals in 44 games last year. He's already got eight and 21. He's four off and he's, played half of the games he played last year. So things are going really well for Oliver Wallstrom. And you're right. Like this is, this is extra, essentially gravy. Like the, the season isn't, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm, I keep thinking hingent, but it's not the word I want to use, but like, isn't centered on the success of Oliver Wallstrom. Like if he doesn't score 30 goals, we're screwed type of thing. No, it's, we're, we're using him as, as you said, as depth, mm-hmm. um, Focus on the power play, of course, but still depth. This is getting us extra because he's only 21. He's not old and he's just turned 21 in June. Uh, He's not going to turn 22 till next year. We've got lots of time with this kid uh, and it's trending in the right direction. And and that's what you want to see from him. You want to see year over year growth uh, and and we're, we're getting that. Now, if he hits 30, obviously everyone will be happy, but you're right. I think we should kind of not pigeonhole him but focus on that 20 to 25 goal window that seems to be where he's going to end up and anything more than that is a celebration baby yeah absolutely and even if like you said like he's just a power play specialist this year and he gives you like i don't know he already has four power play goals this year what do you think he can give you 
close to 10. That'd be amazing if they have a guy close to 10. Yeah, because they, they usually don't, right? It's Brock Nelson scoring all the power play goals usually. Yeah, with like six. <laughs> exactly. So he had how many last year? He had four power play goals last year. He's already hit that this year. Right, so you'd imagine that that's going to get better. But like that's the thing. I, I like how you brought up the year-over-year progression. And we've seen that with a couple of guys, uh, like Noah Dobson too, especially recently he's been playing really good hockey. But even if Wallstrom could just be a little bit more consistent, and he's not quite there yet, which is, I guess, another reason why I'm okay with him playing where he is. I, I, With everyone coming back, I don't know if I'm rooting for Noah Dobson to be put on the top line right now. You mean Oliver Wallstrom? Who did I say? No, Dobson? Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah, you said... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you're right, though, right? I, I get why... We wouldn't be like, he's got to play on the top line or else. Um, it's not, I don't think we're in that dire of a need right now. Um, although you say that and you look like how many goals have they scored? Not a whole lot, Mitch. Who does score a lot of goals? Oliver Wallstrom, Mitch. Well, why don't you do one and the other? Like, why don't, sorry, one and the other. Why don't you put him on the top line? You need goals, he scores them. Why don't we do it? Yeah, I, yes. It's clear that Barry Trotz is not there yet. Right, his comments today going like, do I want him to be a top-line winger? Absolutely. Everyone else has to turn around being like, does this guy not know who controls that decision? <laughs> to, to defend our guy Barry for, for a hot second, he would if he's moving up to the top line, you'd imagine that that's probably, what, like 18 minutes, roughly? Like I feel like that's what Lee and Bailey are usually around that, that, point, that mark, 17, 18 minutes, which that would be about five more minutes than what he is getting <laughs> right now. And there are still some things he does without the puck that might scare me a little bit with uh, with five more minutes. Love Wallstrom. Very high on his potential. Uh, I just think they got to bring him on slowly. I don't think they should just say, okay, we're going to s- strap these two cinder blocks on your feet and throw you in the water. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, hope you can swim, bud. Um, so he's got 23 minutes, almost 24, with Matthew Barzell already this year. He had 34 minutes total last year with Matthew Barzell, actually 35, 34, 57. Uh, and then in year, well, year one, he only played nine games, so I'm not even going to look at that average of 10 minutes. I don't imagine he spent more than five seconds with Matthew Barzell. No. Uh, but you can see that uh, by the end of the year, that number for time on ice with Matthew Barzell at five on five, mind you, that was all five on five time, is certainly going to be more than 34, 50. Or 57. It's going to be closer to the 50, 60, maybe even 75 minute mark, depending on how things go, right? If he keeps going on, on, on the pace that he's on now, right? Putting up a goal and an assist and looking pretty good doing so, um, you can see that time. Okay, well, I have to reward this kid because the performances are there. That's what he said the other day against Ottawa, right? Like you saw guys getting shifts elsewhere because he's rewarding performance by giving you extra shifts. That's going to necessitate a move up. Right. And so if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's working himself into that top line position. Yeah, absolutely. Eventually. I think he eventually gets there. Um, but especially if this team is going to put up, what, five goals, right? They scored five goals the other day? They did. Okay. So then, I don't know. I'm, I'm good with him just having his little, his his role in the power play. You put him in the OV office and uh, how about feeding him the puck a little bit more there? Well, and that's the, what you've seen them do on the power play. And not just feed him the puck, but everyone is feeding the puck to each other, which is what you sh- should be doing on a power play. And then they're shooting the damn thing. Yeah. 
wild development for the Islanders power play. No, I know. And over the last, what would you say, three games, I guess, right? Yeah, Detroit really is when it, it kind of burst onto the scene. But their power play has looked significantly better over the last three games or so, which, again, positive strides. I'm looking for anything right now. Yeah, we'll take it. Right, it's obviously the power play doing well is a great sign. Um, they have uh, three power play goals over the last three games. That's pretty damn good, yeah. right? And that's over how many opportunities? Five. So that's nine opportunities. That's thirty three percent efficiency. That's good. I mean, I, it's going to get the numbers up. I don't. Thirty three is not sustainable. But we talk about this number all the time. If they could sit at twenty for the year, we'd all be happy. Yeah, I just want everyone to note that I did some computation pretty damn fast. So math can be hard, but sometimes, sometimes the brain works there. I'm very proud of you. Why <laughs> suddenly come back like, well, actually, that wasn't right. Our numbers were wrong and Matt just went with it. That's very, <laughs> very on brand for Eyes on Isles here. Absolutely. So, no, good things coming specifically for Oliver Wallstrom. The Islanders desperately needed some positivity obviously winning helps that but seeing Oliver Walsham go off for two points against the Senators and then get two goals two days before that or two games before that also good like good 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 from Oliver Walsham and the New York Islanders right now absolutely so with that shall we get to down on the farm uh, there's definitely a lot to get into here I feel like yeah so let's talk about Anatoly Golishev right off the top WTF eh yeah so he's gonna go back to the KHL surprised or no I'm surprised it happened so early. Um, I, I never thought it wasn't going to happen. I just didn't think that it would be so quick. Um, but I, because Alistair Staple has been talking about this for a while, right? Saying like he's not really happy that he's not getting his chances. He could very well go back soon. And I remember saying like, well, he brought his whole family over. Like, was he just going to like, oh, I'm done. Two months in, I'm out. And yeah, basically that's exactly what he did. And I can't really fault him for it, right? No. No, absolutely not. And when he got called up and then with the the comments from Barry, I think that was kind of just like the final straw kind of a thing for him. And like, I don't I don't blame him. And if the Islanders didn't see a role for him when they were on that losing streak, then I don't know what good it is to just kind of let him chill out in the AHL at that point. Yeah, that that that's the thing. I don't. I just don't get what the plan was exactly, right? They went from he's the most detail-oriented player I've ever seen in my life to he's not ready yet. Why did the GM call him up? And and I say GM, but I really mean the two of them, right? Because Lou Lamarillo isn't going to about to call up someone just to placate the, to, for, for no reason. He's going to talk to Barry Trotz about it. I assume maybe it's just because of numbers. They just called someone up to get numbers in and we might as well give them a, a chance at, in practice. But like, what did Barry not see at practice that he saw just two months earlier? Don't know. That's a good right? that's a fair like, point. And, and that's the confusion. No one's mad that like, oh, they didn't give him a chance that he's going to be the na- next Wayne Gretzky. I, I, if you're making that argument that you're making the wrong one, it's just the confusion going like, why did the, the, there's a weird disconnect from what happened in October to being the most detail oriented person ever to not even ready for an NHL role. And you're going, all right, what, why not? Not just basically everything is falling down around us. Why not try him? What do you have to lose? And I saw some arguments going like, well, he's not a center. 
okay, play him somewhere else. Again, you have nothing to lose. You have seven, eight guys even at that point on COVID plus two injuries. If you think he's stepping in, he's going to give you a chance to win in and of himself. No, but it's let's see what he's got. And they didn't take that chance. I don't I don't understand why. Yeah, especially because Andy Andriov was the one who was getting the, the rep. He wasn't playing center, right? Yeah, at one point oh, yeah, he did play center. He did, but he's not a natural center. I mean, not that Goloshev is either. No, and, and and that's the thing. So, like, I don't... Well, either way, it's, it's just a confusing situation that is now over. Um, he's going back to the KHL, it seems. I would assume he's going back to Automobilist, Auto uh, his former team who just fired their coach, Bill Peters. Uh, so I would imagine that he, they're going to look to revamp the lineup and why not bring a... a I'm not going to say the legend, but a, a top player from within the organization. Why not? Yeah. No, absolutely. He had success there. It, it, it makes sense. I mean, he, he played for them last year. No. Yeah. Okay, so and yeah. like he made that 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 weird. I shouldn't say weird, but like that kind of cryptic um, Instagram post where he's like, can't wait to get back to the banyas and uh, grow a beard. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean, well, mm. <laughs> that does not say I love being here and playing for Lou Lamorello. No, that does not scream Bridgeport, Connecticut is my favorite. <laughs> So, yeah, Anatoly Golishev, Spasiba, he's gone. Um, I want to talk about Aturatu again. Let's do it. Because the kid just keeps on effing scoring. And I, I know I'm, I know we're using, like, um, swear words there, kind of. But, like, I, I can't stop. He just, he can't stop. He really can't stop scoring uh, points. I'm just trying to bring it up here, but the Liga site's a little weird to uh, to navigate. Their, their new site is a little bit different than the old one, so it's just getting used to it here. Over the last three games, he's on a three-game point streak, by the way. He's got six points. He's putting up two points per game over the last three games. Wow. I mean, that's exactly what you'd like to see. This is good. Exactly. He's up to 14 points in, they don't say how many games played, um, but it's not a whole lot. So, like, he's doing very well since moving to Yukurit. And, um, like, and he looks good doing so. It's, it's not just like he's... He does find himself in the right place at the right time, but like his skills are on full display. Today, there's one play. Someone, I, I forget what defenseman it was, banks a pass off the boards. He catches it midair, full stride, does not slow down. He does it. This is like wild, right? Like just catching a pass full stride is something, but he caught it off the wall midair, down, in stride, kept going to then shoot on net. I think he missed the net, but like he walked into the slot. He's not missing that net usually. Just next level play. Like he's he's at full confidence right now, and it, it's just only going to get better from here. Right, and that clearly wasn't. You know what? Well, who was he with just before? I'm blanking on the name of the team. Carpot. Carpot. Right. Thank you. That wasn't the case. He wasn't getting regular minutes, and when he was cracking the lineup, it wasn't in an offensive role. It was in a bottom six role. So it's it's different. It's a big difference. So I'm happy. Good for him. Yeah, and like the team is winning, so everything's going well. The last thing I want to get to is kind of previewing the World Junior Championships um, because there's been some developments specifically today where both Sweden and Finland released their rosters, and um, there were some surprises okay. for the rosters. So Aturatu made the team, no surprise there. Good. But the Islanders have a number of Finns. Um, two of them I, I thought were going to make the team. That's Matthias Reyanemi and Eto'o Lukas. I thought they were both going to make the team. 
Lucas, you know, I could see maybe not as a fourth liner. You know, maybe they go for someone with skill instead of Lucas. Although, like he's got, he's a skilled enough player, uh, but he's a, he's a more gritty player. Maybe they do something else. Whatever. I was, if you asked me yesterday, I'd say guaranteed Matthias Ryanemi's making the team, and he's going to be a top four defenseman. He did not make the team. Okay, and I don't know why. So no one knows why. Okay, I was going to say, is that like. So that everyone who's following this, they think that's a major snub. Like it's not just an Islander thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I speak to some Finns like ah, didn't see that one coming. But uh, all right, I guess weird. And it's not like he's injured. I know he's not injured. Um, I don't imagine the Pelicans say like no, he can't go because it's kind of a it's national duty. Yeah. They, they wouldn't they wouldn't say that. And they they usually close down anyway. So I don't I don't really get that one. And then um, for Team Sweden, we only had one player who could conceivably make the team. It's the only Swedish prospect we've got. And that's Alexander Ljungkrantz. Let's see, the third round pick from 2020. Also did not make the, the team. Hmm. And through my discussions with their, their coach, he never, he never said that he was going to make the team. He was a possible selection for the team. Uh, even if he did make the club or, or sorry, the, the national squad, it would be in a bottom six role. Well, it seems that he's not up to snuff at a bottom six, bottom six level, even for Team Sweden. So, Alexander Junkrantz is not going to Red at Redmonton, Edmonton Red Deer this uh, this winter or in a month. So, it was just I, I was expecting or not expecting. I was setting myself up that he wouldn't go, but secretly kind of like I think he's got enough to go, and sure enough, he's not. So, I, I'm kind of surprised about that one as well. Okay, not nearly as much as the other but still interesting okay especially because the coach was kind of like i don't know from what you've told me it sounds like he was hinting at he had a pretty good shot yeah he said he would play so for if i remember my interview with him correctly I, i'm gonna re-watch re it tonight because i i have a interview with him scheduled for tomorrow so i, I will speak to the finnish head coach auntie pennant in tomorrow and, and ask him about those things like what what happened with with Matthias, what happened with Etu, and uh, what's going to happen with Aturatu. Right. Okay. Awesome. So, so we'll we're still waiting for a few a few players when it comes to the World Championship. Che uh, the Czech team, uh, Thomas Mahu, that's a seventh-round pick from last year, could make the, the club. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. They haven't announced their roster last I checked. And then we have William Zufu, who's at camp, or will be at camp, I believe it starts tomorrow, uh, for Team Canada. I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to make the club, or I keep saying club, make the national squad for this World Junior Championship, but he's got a pretty damn good chance. Okay, what kind of role, if he did make it, what kind of role do you think he'd have? It's probably going to be third line right wing. Okay. If you had to put like a percentage on him making it, where are you at right now? 33%. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So... Not strong, but and then that's a reflection of the league. I know I talk him up a lot because he scores and scores and scores, but there's a lot of players who score and score and score in the, at the Canadian national level. That's true. So will we have our answer by next week then, I guess? We might have our answer by next week. Okay, so we'll keep an ear out. Maybe we'll have an update for you on next week's episode. Yeah, so that's that's the update for World Junior Championship Islanders edition. Love it. Shall we do a quiz? Let's go. As we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You have five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier as we go. The player has no link to the episode because that 
kind of gives it away. Also, I couldn't find players that have linked to the numbers anymore, so stress off my back. Matt, are you ready? Let's do it, good sir. Clue number one. I was never drafted by an NHL team. Next. <laughs> I played for H.E. Pilsen and Metalurg Magnitogorsk. Sorry, Magnitogorsk. My goodness. Um, next. I currently play for Swiss side Zug, where I have 131 points and 127 games. Oh my god. Yeah. That's over three years, by the way. It's not one year. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I, I figured you knew that, but like, just, just in no. case. Okay. I'm, I don't really, I don't have a guess yet. All right. Keep it rolling. I actually never played a regular season game for the New York Islanders, but it did play preseason. Jan Kovash? Yes! Yes, you did it! Oh, let's go! Clue number five was I didn't want to play for Bridgeport and even force my way out of a $2 million deal. That would have gotten it there. Okay. So that's because of the Anatoly Golishev yeah, yeah. situation going on and very reminiscent of Jan Kovash. Yeah, very, no, very much so. But uh, the reason why I didn't guess Golishev was because I knew he was a, a fourth round pick. So I, that was like the name that kept coming to me, but I knew it wasn't the right answer. So just waited it out and then we figured it I, out. I thought I'd throw you off with Mitalurg because that's where, where um, Kuhlman also played. So I thought you'd get like, oh, it's got to be Nico. I almost went, I almost guessed Leo Komarov. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. So good job by you guessing it after four. You got to wait it out sometimes. Got to be patient. Hey, sometimes you just got to wait, be patient, just like the season. That's true. <laughs> good call. Good call back there, buddy. Let's get to the social segment. We'll see what's going around on Isles Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us? Kick us off. My first one here is uh, it's Isle Fix. P.S. Love the newsletter. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, do so. Um, the, the tweet, it's more about the gift and less about the gift, the gif and less about the tweet itself. Tweet says, uh, to go lead, to go lead, question marks, question marks, exclamation marks. But the gif is of this man in Ottawa here wearing what I believe is a Mike Bossy jersey. He's 22, so it's got to be bossy. Um, just going around, like, getting arms out, like, are you not entertained? And I have to know, like, someone's got to know who this guy is. And if, if he's here in Ottawa, which I would assume he is, I've got to have a beer with him at one point, and it's, I assume it's his son next to him in the stands. Someone's got to hook me up. Yeah, I was like, A, I feel like that was a look into your future. Like, in in 20 years, I feel like that's going to be you, which if it's not, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, but you got to meet this guy. I, I agree. As, you know, our representation in Canada, you got to find him. Yeah, so also, what is he wearing on his head to you? What What, what do you call that? Do you have the GIF at, at your disposal? Uh, if not, I'll send it to you right here. If you give me a second, I could pull it up. Yeah, I got. It. I sent it to you in the chat here. If you want to just clickety clack on that. Okay. Um, what is he wearing on his head? What do you call that? Um. What? Oh, private chat. I don't even know where the hell I'm going in this thing. You got to give me a second. My internet's gonna conk out if I try to click on this. If it, okay, if it didn't don't worry already. about it then. So he's wearing like something on his head. It's got a little little pom pom on the top. You wear it in the winter. A beanie. Okay, I've heard that before. Or winter hat. I saw hat. a ski cap. No, I go either beanie or winter hat. Okay, we call it a toque. Yeah, what we call it. Yeah, that that so, I, I know you got you refer to it as that. I know what 
what that is now through you, but I would either say <laughs> beanie. Well, I guess not a beanie. If it has a pom-pom, I probably would just call it a winter hat, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Okay. I just, I'd never heard a ski cap before. No. So I saw that. I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, well, that's a toque. So clearly that that word did not cross the border either way. So we call those toques here in Canada. Okay. There we go. Uh, my first one is coming <clears throat> from Andrew Gross, which is good news because he says from Forbes, Isles ranked as 10th most valuable NHL franchise value, $950 million. One year change, 83%. Five year change up 147%. It, like, if you told me this five years ago, I would have said there's no bleeping way. No, we're, didn't so. Oh, God, I'm stumbling over my words again. When John Ledecky and Scott Malkin bought the Islanders, what was the price tag on that? Obviously, it was never official, but wasn't it like $550 million I, I or something? It, I think it was like 400 Right? It doubled since they took it. In in seven years, they doubled the valuation of this franchise. Now, obviously, a big new brand new building of course. helps, but they still footed the bill basically on that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But I, I it still blows my mind to see that. Yeah, it's top 10, right? That's 10th in the NHL. They're not a billion dollar you know, team anymore or not anymore yet, but they're pretty damn close. And if they keep on winning, look out. And the arena, like in and of itself, like is only going to grow in value, I would imagine. I would, well, that's not necessarily true. No, yeah, but they have, I think the better way of wording it is the new arena opens up more avenues to continue to grow it. Thank you for putting the proper words in my mouth. There we go. We're a podcast duo. We're a team. That's how it works, baby. Uh, my next one comes from The Tonight Show, who had, uh, I'm going to butcher her name. I'm sorry. Chloe Grace Moretz. Moretz? Moretz. I think, yeah, I think. I think you got it. Okay. Uh, she was on the show, and as we all know, she's a uh, an Islander fan. And um, yeah, like it's nice to have a celebrity Islander fan who's unashamed to be like yes i'm an island fan and i love the islanders and i'm not i'm not afraid to say it yeah she went on uh, fallon right and was talking yes. about her experience going to the the opener against carolina and in carolina she's like no i'm wearing my islander stuff and they put her up on the board and she got booed and was like hey like i'm gonna wear my team love it respect yeah because a lot of people would would flake under the pressure like oh there's twenty thousand people here all right i'll put on a damn t-shirt and like no, she's like, no, thank you. Respectfully, get out of my face, you dumb whatever the hell you are. It's a pig, right? Isn't it a pig? The the mascot. Oh, um, I don't, I don't remember. It's weird. Yeah. If, yeah, it's not a hurricane, which is weird. So whatever. Although, what what do I say? Ours is a dragon. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the islanders. So <laughs> I, I shouldn't be casting stones in a glass house, right? No. Yes, we should not be thrown from our <laughs> our, our sparky dungeon. Uh, mine comes from, my last one comes from Leon McHugh, who says, here we go, Isles, massive winning streak gets its spark. And that's kind of like the vibes that I wanted to kick the show off with. I'm like, we're losing streak is in the rear view. I'm all in on this point streak. And now it's just one game at a time. You chip away. Let's take care of business against Nashville on Thursday. Yeah, that, that, that's really it, right? It's one brick at a time. You're starting the wall. Just keep it going. And like you... We've got the win now. We've got three points before that in a row. Let's keep it up. There's not time to stop, obviously. Absolutely. Anything else from you? My last one here comes from Beyond the Three Count. Um, and CM Punk uh, <laughs> is the latest wrestling star to throw us under the bus. 
I forget the exact quote, but it's basically like, I know, and someone called Barry Trotz because I know what's wrong with the Islanders, and it's basically the arena and everyone in it. Oh. This is hilarious. I love it. It's it's great. I haven't watched wrestling since I was in high school, but like, I I get the whole heel thing. It's it's awesome. Yeah, well, he's playing it well. Yeah, exactly. So like, good job by him. Absolutely. So before we go, we're going to get some plugs in. Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. That could really help us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media, Twitter's Eyes on Isles FS. I'm Matt O'Leary, and why Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. He's got your prospect coverage over there. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com, Eyes on Isles. You have the uh, Patreon, Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. You get mailbag. Uh, show which we're going to record right after this. We talked about the post game. There's a Discord channel as well. Don't want to miss out. Ton of great island. There's fans over there. And uh, yeah, check out the website, eyesonisles.com, for our, all your New York Islanders' needs. Mitch, episode 225 in the books. And uh, vibes are better. Vibes are better, baby. Let's, let's do this. I can't. Uh, it feels good to feel good. Amen. We're going to end on that. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll catch you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.